and welcome to worship. But before we begin our worship, um, I don't know about you, but I've got that end of January, and now we've got February to get through. And why is it that even though this year it's only got 29 days, it feels like February always has 67 days? So, because we're all feeling a bit frayed, I'm going to invite you to turn uh, to the person nearest to you and just tell them how much you appreciate them. Let's remind ourselves that when we look at each other, the other thing uh, that I wanted to mention before we uh, begin our worship was that I realised last time I led worship that the things, the song, the hymns that I think you might know aren't always the hymns that you do know, and probably vice versa. Uh, so Emily's very kindly come to play for us today, and I'm going to ask her, I'm confident that we all know Be Still for the Presence of the Lord, but apart from that, I'll ask Emily just to play through a verse before we start singing, and hopefully then we'll all be able to enjoy a good sing. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So we sing together, be still for the presence of the Lord.
Now our children are off to have fun in junior church, so let's just pray as they prepare to leave. Father, we thank you that the body of Christ in this place has everyone from nearly a hundred to less than one. We ask you to bless all of us as we seek to learn more about you and your love for us this morning. Be with our junior church, with those who lead them, and with all our children. And may they know how very much they are loved. Amen. So have a good time, and we look forward to finding out about what you've been doing later. We join in a prayer of adoration together. O Christ, the true likeness of God, in you we see our God made visible and are held in the love of the God we cannot see. May the adoration and praise we express in our worship be made incarnate in lives lived in your pattern of self-giving love. Amen. The grace of God has dawned upon the world with healing for all. Let us come to him in sorrow for our sins, seeking healing and salvation. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, give us reverence for all creation and respect for every person that we may mirror your likeness in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we have our first reading. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. The supremacy of Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, 
All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Our next hymn is a John Bell hymn, Before the World Began, One Word Was There, and Emily's going to play through the verse for us before we start singing. We have our Gospel reading. A reading from the Gospel according to John. 
chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of all fathers, only son, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Yes, no one knows why the lectionary has given that reading when we only had it a few weeks ago, but since it's one of the greatest passages in the Bible, let's not complain. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Recently, a dear friend, receiving feedback about why they were not successful in applying for a senior role in the Church of England, was told... They were too theological. For me, that right there sums up what is wrong with the Church of England at present, because if we do not have theology, whatever we are, we are not a church. You might be thinking that theology is best left to the academics and the ministers, but you would be wrong. The dictionary defines theology as the study of God and God's relationship to the world. If we have no interest in God or God's relationship to the world, what then do we base our lives as Christians upon? A handy way to think about this comes from another friend, I have the best friends, who is a trained philosopher. We were talking about the canon, that is, the list of books which are accepted as belonging to our Bible. As my friend put it, on the one hand, I no more need to know about the scholarly discussions of canon formation in order to further my spiritual life than I need to know how penicillin works in order to further my physical health. But on the other, issues about canon formation do make a huge difference to spiritual people's spiritual lives. Because what people take as canonical, an authoritative spiritual guide, 
greatly affects in a practical way how they respond to issues such as LGBTQIA people or women in ordained ministry, for instance. Now you can see that theology is far too important to be left just to the academics and the ministers. Good theology is the basis for living life well, for following Jesus. That link is seen in the passage set for today, which we didn't hear this morning, which came from the book of Proverbs. This links wisdom literature, which was a very practical kind of writing, not mentioning God explicitly very much, but tackling big questions like suffering and retribution, with God creating and ordering the world. Lady Wisdom, the figure mentioned in Proverbs, is one of the precursors of the word in the prologue to John's Gospel. Indeed, both John and the writer of Colossians begin by laying out their theology and then drawing practical inferences from it. If God, then we. For John, the word is the creative communication of God to us. Jesus is God speaking to us in our own language and both showing and telling us about God's infinite love for us and about God's invitation to us to become children of God by accepting Jesus as who he is. If we can do that, we not only become children of God, but we share in the role which the prologue gives to John the Baptist. We become witnesses. A witness speaks from personal experience. And if we accept this invitation to an intimate relationship with God, then we will have experience to speak about. Or, if speaking about it sounds like a scary proposition, we can testify to who Jesus is, not just in our words, but also in our lives. We can show and tell who God is and who we are in relationship to God. My commentary on the letter to the Colossians helpfully makes clear the relationship between theology and our lives as Christians in the first lines of its introduction. See, I've done my homework. Which states that it contains a magnificent hymnic passage about the cosmic scope of Christ's role. That's the passage we've just heard, by the way, which develops the notion of the believer's union with Christ and has extensive exhortations about the ethical implications of this relationship. Even before the passage we heard today, the letter begins with a prayer of thanksgiving and encouragement for the believers asking 
that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in knowledge of God. See, the fruit and the knowledge go hand in hand. Our passage from Colossians wants us to be in no doubt about who Jesus is and about his cosmic supremacy. He is the image of the invisible God, the one who shows us what God is like and who provides us with a likeness to model ourselves upon. He is the one in whom everything holds together, preventing disintegration into chaos. He is the head of the body, the originator of the church, its supreme authority for how to be a church, and in and through the Holy Spirit, the power that enables us to be the church that we're called to be. All this is seen as demonstrated by the resurrection. As firstborn of the dead, Christ has first place in everything. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In other words, nothing is outside the scope of Christ's presence and power because Jesus sums up all that God is in interaction with the world. And what God is in that interaction is fully revealed in the cross. Jesus breaks the chain of human sin in which everyone blames and scapegoats someone else by refusing to retaliate and use his power for that end and by calling down forgiveness on those who crucified him. The cross is the place where reconciling love overwhelms hatred and division. Here the purpose of God for the world is revealed, not as survival of the fittest or as an unending cycle of violence, but as shalom. Shalom is a peace in which no one and nothing is forgotten, marginalised or exploited. Where there is justice for all and everything in all creation can return to the very good harmony in which we were created to live. Shalom is the hope which fuels our appreciation for creation and our work to transform the structures of the world and ensure a fair distribution of resources for all. Because of who Jesus is, we cannot neglect his unparalleled claim on our lives. This hymn of praise puts in its place every worldly power to which we give our time, energy and attention and shows them to be so much less than who Jesus is.
as another hymn in the Paul's Letters puts it, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is theology. Words about God, and we are called to witness to it with our lives, with the quality of our relationships, and with the choices that we make in our daily living. When we know that we are God's beloved children, filled with the Spirit of Jesus, we have everything we need to speak this truth in and through our lives. Let good theology lead us to good living. Amen. May it be so. And so as we respond to God's love, we stand to proclaim our theology, that which we believe about God and about God's relationship to us and our world. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated for our prayers of intercession. Thank you that snowdrops and other signs of life in the garden gladden our hearts these dark days. Thank you that after two years of standoff, there is government in Northern Ireland. Strengthen our church, your church, here. Give good health to our ministers so that they might lead us in the demonstration of your love in this place. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless and guide our government so that the poor people of the back streets of cities might share in the wealth of the nation and not be left to struggle in cold and misery. Grant justice to all those who seek it, no matter what their faith, political opinion or wealth Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. There are so many areas of conflict and war that I could stand here for five minutes just reeling off names. But you, Lord, you know where they are. 
The mounds of rubble increase. Empower those who would work to stop the killing and destruction. Melt the hearts of enemies so that they might see the humanity in their opponents and reach a conclusion to conflict. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Thank you, Lord, because the way you made us, most of us do get better from our sickness, eventually. We now remember those who are struggling with ill health. It is hard to see our children sick. So many parents would take the illness on themselves if they could. But that is not how it works. Our newsletter has a list of those close to our hearts. May they know the light of your love above, around and within as we pray to you for their healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember those who have died. We still love them and thank you for the lives they led. Give us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. We rejoice with Andrew and all the saints, commending us all to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to St Andrew's Salter Lane Church this morning. Um, do stay after the service today for a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, possibly a biscuit, um, and more importantly, some chat, conversation, fellowship with everybody here this morning. A couple of notices from me. Um, a lot of people will receive the notices by email. If you don't, there's a printed copy at the back of the church. Do pick them up and have a look at all the things going on in the life of the church. Um, next Sunday, uh, we're hopeful that Naomi will be back with us, um, preaching after a period of illness. Um, she's making a slow recovery, but she hopes to be back with us, so we look forward to welcoming her again next week. Um, thank you to everybody who came to the working party yesterday um, and did some DIY and gardening. It's very much appreciated. Um, really important uh, part of keeping our church going. And the main notice that I bring your attention to is about the uh, Life on the Breadline exhibition which is happening at our partner church, uh, Highfield Trinity Methodist Church. Um, there is a, a grand opening uh, on Friday, this Friday, the 9th of February, to which everyone is welcome. Um, the, and then the exhibition is open until the um, 21st. Um, <coughs> do come along to the exhibition, bring... Um, friends, family, um, people from the community. Um, it, it is all intended for people of, um, of all faiths and none. But very importantly, they're still in need of volunteers to help. 
Um, so the exhibition is open through, throughout the day, Monday to Saturday, during that period, and they need people available at the church to um, uh, to ensure that it's it's open. So if you are able to support at any point during that period, um, there's an email address on the notices um, for you to offer your help. Thank you. Thank you, Alistair. Would you please stand? We are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Through Christ our Lord, who came and preached peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's offer one another a sign of God's peace. God of all goodness and grace, receive the gifts we offer and grant that our whole life may give you glory and praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Emily's going to play through for us. Jesus, stand among us.
moment. So who'd like to tell me what you've been doing in junior church today? Out we come. Wow. So, oh, that's really handy. Some pop-up Bibles. And what does it say in the middle of your Bible? It says the Old Testament, and that's the, the bit at the beginning. Testament. And the New Testament, that's the bit at the end. So, do you think you'll be able to find the Old and the New Testament now? Yes. yes. Well, those are beautiful. Goodness, that folding took some doing. I'm very I impressed. I folded that one. This one was just made ready. Well, it's very hand that somebody prepared some earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing those. The Lord is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to praise you, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love, you made us for yourself. When we turned away, you did not reject us, but came to meet us in your Son. You embraced us as your children and welcomed us to sit and eat with you. In Christ, you shared our life, that we might live in him and he in us. He opened his arms of love upon the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice for sin. On the night he was betrayed at supper with his friends, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His body is the bread of life. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His blood is shed for all. As we proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory, send your Holy Spirit that this bread and this wine may be to us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ our risen Lord. With your whole church throughout the world, we offer you this sacrifice of praise and lift our voice to join the eternal song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. We pray together the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins 
as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come, not because any goodness of your own gives you the right to come, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, grant us peace.
We pray together. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to confess that I chose our final hymn for three reasons. Firstly, I love the words, and they fit with the theme of today's service. Secondly, I love the tune, and it has a very special meaning for me, which I'll come to in a second. And thirdly, the tune that we're going to sing, Kofen, uh, has a special link. Um, I don't know if the Methodists among us know this. Uh, Kofen was written um, by the man who was the director of music at the Lee School, which is a Methodist foundation in Cambridge. And he chose the name because uh, the Lee School overlooks, uh, believe it or not, there is a piece of common land right in the middle of the city, and it's Kofen. I went to the paddling pool as a toddler. I kicked a football around as a young teenager. I started there on my cheap dates, which consisted to, of walking to Grantchester and back as an older teenager. Uh, and if I were getting cremated, I'd have my ashes scattered there. Uh, so I'm particularly thrilled that we're going to sing How Shall I Sing That Majesty to the tune Kofen.
May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us now and remain with us always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.